Hey, Henry, how you doing? Yeah, so far so good. Well, we've been chatting for a little bit, and you have got a lot of history in this sport. Yeah, I had a hobby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, that makes sense. Well, you'll notice I'll wrestle a lot, so yeah, I yeah. can tell some stories about weightlifting. Well, can you give a, a brief introduction of yourself, which is probably not going to be that brief because you've been in the sport for 20-plus years? Yeah. Goodness. Okay. You t- yeah, um, yeah, Henry Thomason uh, actually saved my birthday, turned 42. Congratulations. Uh, Happy birthday. It. Thank you. I actually got made it to it. I was surprised. <laughs> uh, I figured I'd be in a walker by now. Um, or, well, pretty much it. Which I am, excuse me. Um, <laughs> so just a quick down on the run deal or the, the, the lifting deal. I've uh, been lifting since uh, senior in high school, 17 years old. Uh, did Texas high school powerlifting like any kid. Uh, played college football a little bit in a place called Tabor College in Hillsboro, Kansas. Got home sick for a girl, came back home. Started lifting again for a co- uh, junior college, won college nationals a couple times, lifted on a couple of junior world teams. Um, got out of lifting uh, around 2001, 2002 uh, to uh, basically pay back college loans and get a real job. Got back in about 2007, 2009, and started training with a team called Bad Attitude Gym. Uh, taught me a whole lot, Sean Dunnigan and all those guys. Um, it helped me a lot. Got into more of a, uh, started getting in from a 900-pound squat to 1,100-pound squat. Um, also, at that same time, really got involved with high school and college coaching kids uh, as a volunteer. Uh, multiple state champs, national, world champ. A lot of those kids still lift now and hold records. Um, from about 2016, had some health issue with diabetes. If you've seen the old videos, I got to about 330 pounds, about squatting 1,300, benching in the nines all the time. So it was good to lift all that much, but it was killing me. So I had to drop down with diabetes and everything from 2000. 14 to about 2017, got my weight down to around the 250, 260 range. Uh, still one of the top lifters in the world at 275, single ply, multi ply. I stay away from the raw stuff. That's just that, that's just too crazy now. Yeah. Uh, raw lifters now is insane. Oh yeah, it's just it, I can't keep. I, I'll I'll do I'll lift raw, but I, good luck to all of them. Have fun with it. I, just, I mean, I'm going to do my gear thing. I'll be ranked. I'll be in the top three in the world. And single ply or multi ply, I'm fine with that. It took me long enough to get there. It, it's just, there's no point right now. There's no, re- oh, you always get that thing. It's like, well, go to raw. I'm like, yeah, I did that once. I won one, two, three meets raw, and I was good. And I got and checked that off the box. I got the trophy and the hundred dollar gift certificate. I'm good. That was then, some so, of those guys so re- that are lifting raw is insane. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if whenever I think 2007, I think it was, it was NASA brought out the unequipped division, actually made it a division. Okay. We'd always lift raw. I've lifted meets raw and geared. In well, well with, with single ply was everything. You didn't. We didn't really. I didn't do multi ply. Really wasn't multi ply like it was back. Then. Yeah. Oh hell. The like, gears evolved over the years, hadn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the multi ply, there's more fabrics, more thicknesses, better a better mousetrap. Um, but yeah, the single ply hell, I've gotten bigger uh, bigger benches and, and then overall in single ply than I actually did in multi ply. Hmm. So it's just the skill level and who yeah. you train with. Or how you train, excuse me, not who you train, or both. But um, but like I said, we're, we're finishing up with the like the, the, the last story thing. But like around 2000, I guess I got still coached kids, got my health back in order. What really helped me out as a lifter, I know it sounds kind of like put my name back on the map in a sense. I was always doing these because everybody was so focused on the raw and these big multiply totals coming out with like Hoff and stuff doing 3,000. The WPO came back. They used a pound for pound scale versus an actual total. Okay. So I started being relevant because I'm actually good pound for pound. So I'm usually mm-hmm. in the top five every time at the WPO. 
so I've been focusing on that and then just coaching a couple of my college kids now and just trying to just keep lifting. So yes, get stronger at older age. But not, the funny thing is I'm actually stronger I've ever been. I mean, I've got bigger benches and bigger deadlifts. The squat's always going to be a problem because I'm not 330 pounds anymore, yeah. but still one of the top squatters. So That's awesome, though, and especially being now, you said you just turned 42, and yeah. you're competitive. Like, how, how old is Hoff? He looks ancient, but he's not I as old he's as he looks. early 30s. Yeah, early 30s. I think he's early 30s. Yeah, because he started, he started with shit, like 15, 16, something yeah. like that. And, and I mean, like, like with Westside Barbo, it wasn't like he was, you know, 16 down at, you know, Honey Girls High School or something. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> with a bunch of yeah, monsters. Yeah, he, he was lifting with some animals. Yeah. So. And it's insane to see, you know, you're up there with those guys and, you know, you're, you know, getting, you know, 10, 15 years older than the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I always said, there's a guy named Bob Merck I always talk to all the time. He's another Titan, one of the sponsored Titan lifters with me. And he's, he's going through the, he's been lifting about 10 years. And like, he's like, how do you keep doing this? And I was like, you just, just be, you have to be a certain type of person, really. I mean, there's not yeah. like a trick. To, I mean, just be consistent and not get hurt. And then the gear thing, I've just been real lucky with the people I've been able to train with the last 10 years. Uh, just listened and, and, and worked. Absorbed oh, all that, ben, ben yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, I've, I was a single-ply guy that trained with multi-ply guys. You never did that. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot on how to train. Like, I know it sounds funny. With, I mean, your background's raw. Yes, but like, uh, like we were talking about the high school stuff, it's like I trained single-ply because that's what I wore. I, didn't, I wasn't going to multi-ply. I would look in USAPL, NASA, and stuff like that. And then my training partners were all multi-ply APF and uh, later on SPF and everything with that with Texas real big. So those guys were all showing me, you know, like the constant method and everything else. And I always knew about it. Watch the videotape that tells you how old I am. And, uh, <laughs> but I would do strength training by cliff notes in a sense, didn't really know it until I actually got people that lived it. Yes. And then once I did that for so long and then the gear part of it was basically trying shirts on forever, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, we tighten this up, we do this, we tweak that, we do this. And next thing you know, after enough mess ups, after 10 years of doing, oh, hell, I've done over like 250 meets. I still don't think anybody's done that. Um, 250 power to me. Yeah, yeah, that's it's nuts. I mean, I was doing like 20 meets a year there for like four years straight, Ooh. and still coaching and still helping at meets. I had a job too. That How'd you find the time for all that? Well, I'm not married and I don't have kids. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> that's really it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't started shoot have a girlfriend until a while back. Oh, so, uh, but yeah, and that's tricky with that. So yeah, it can be. Um, because I get oh, yeah. tested competing I mean, twice a year. If I mean that's about normal for me to compete twice a year. Yeah, and I get aggravated oh. when it comes close to a meet. I don't know why. I just get all kinds of. I just. I guess I'm getting antsy for the meet, and I start getting aggravated, and I'm short tempered more than I normally am. And Ashley's like, "I am glad you only compete once or twice a year." Yeah. See, now recently, the last year or two, I've been like that. Like, I like like everybody's always told me, Henry, just focus on one meet, train sixteen weeks, and everything else. But what was happening? When I would do all those meets, people forgot, like, okay, like I said, not married with kids. Yes, sir. If I wanted to get out of town, because my job, I worked at a place called, it was Quick Set. It was a lock set company. I was in charge of the shipping and receiving departments oh. on nights and weekends. So if I wanted to get out of town, I had to have a reason. If I was in town, my boss would find me and get me back into work. So I had to run, I had to go in for a shift or a crew or ship mm-hmm. a truck or something. So if I said I was out at a weightlifting meet, they would not come get me. So when I would leave for meets and NASA was one I lifted in a whole lot in the beginning, like the, well, when I start when I got back, back into weightlifting, like we're talking, had about a four year break there after college and lifted again. 
but I would always like, so I'd always be at a meet just basically to hang out with friends. Yes. So you pick a, a, you know, a meet would be in say Tyler, Texas, or, or I mean, of course I'm in Sherman, which is 60 miles North of Dallas or in Oklahoma city. It was a two hour drive. And I'm like, well, I train on Sunday. Well, I'll go up there and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and just lift. Yeah. You know, I got a new suit or I got some new wraps or, you know, I could, Hey, it's not, it wasn't about the winning thing. It was nothing to do with that. A lot of people think I was about, uh, yes, I have an ego. But I didn't care about winning first. It was basically trying to figure out the shirt, figuring out the suit, or just just having fun, shooting the yeah. shit and lifting. See, I enjoy so that being was the thing around. That I would tell people. Yeah, huh? I, I enjoy being around the lifters at meets and stuff. And I wish I lived in a better area to where I could go train somewhere, like at Hidden or my buddies up at Arkansas Muscle and stuff like that. But yeah, it's four hours either way, and it's like, what the crap? Yeah. I don't have that around here. Like, and I wish I did. And I feel like, like you got to, you know, train it bad attitude and, you know, you, and then, um, it was, you said destination. Well, yeah. So the way it worked with the, the whole, the, get all that squared out. Cause I know the guys from back hear this and get confused. So I trained with back and Sean on again and, uh, Scott Prosack and, uh, Mark Swank and, uh, Phil Wiley, a lot of real good lifters that help. I, I give a lot of those credit. There's a lot more on that list too. They helped me out a ton. Uh, we we eventually had part ways in the sense we still train that bad attitude still trains at his gym they're still based out of there okay uh, they're at best we were Greg before you know he had the he had uh, Metroplex and then he built Destination and then he ended up having that being all together and he sold that got off that and then sold that and then got back into the gym business again with Hidden Gym so Bag has been with when it was by itself and then we moved in with Metro and then Metro to um, Destination Destination. And then my deal was I did so much stuff where are we, we kind of parted ways and so we're all, we're all buddies still, but mm-hmm. they do their thing. I do my thing because I, I do so much other stuff going on. I, I don't live in the area. I live an hour away. Okay. So I couldn't do as much as the, the team required and obligations and stuff. So that's the, the yeah, one way of putting it. So I don't train. I, we're, we're still, we still do stuff like they'll have a meet. I'll do my, I, you know, we're not competing against each other. We're just, I just, I just not committed with the team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we, yeah, but they're at bad attitude. Bad attitude is over at Hidden Gym. They're still doing their stuff. They're still great guys. Still have a big team every level. Love a lot of guys at the show of strength. Um, and then what I do is I, I end up training with a group of guys that just some play little coaches and kids that I've coached with. We're yeah. trained with forever. So they would always train a bad attitude with me and stuff like that. We just are we just on different schedules. So we're all trained at the same time. They'll have their team practice, and I'll be on one model. They'll be on the other model. Okay. But still, we all kind of throw input out to each other because, I mean, we're all, all in it to try to get better. But, yeah, and you have so. people there to give you feedback, and you can give them feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, too, the association I have with Titan Sports Systems has been great over the last couple, 12 years, and then they do some powerlifting off and on. I mean, you got, you got, if you, if there's a lot of, re- if you listen and keep doing the stuff, you can get stronger. Oh, yeah. But you just have to be humble a little bit and just kind of like, okay, you got to get your head knocked in a little bit or, get humbled a little bit. You oh, might yeah. have to spot and load for a couple of weeks. Oh, for sure. So. I, I just wish I, I had people around here or of course out of nowhere, nobody local. Cause I try to help. And as we talked a little bit earlier, I try to give back and I'm the one in the gym yeah. trying to spread a lot of the knowledge. And it's like, uh, sometimes it'd be nice if I could just be the student. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of times, like the, like I said, those kids I coach, but I hope that the, the end result is telling like, what do you want yourself yourself in four years now high school kid they're like i want to win state and go to college i'm like okay that's good but i mean if they come back to lifting usually i'll like well hell i have um, a, a girl named megan doyle uh who finally got her uh actually getting her master's now but she graduated with a county degree has her job job lives in dallas still has family in denison which is a town next to us um came back to lifting she lifted in college a little bit last two years she took off but now she's full go lifting at her job but mm-hmm. then the kid came back she won state in high or a middle in high school 
did a little college powerlifting a little bit, a little two years in North Texas, and then took a year or two off and then got back into lifting full go. So I'm always training with her. And then same thing with the other kids that, you know, took a couple of years off and then back, uh, back training. So now they're a workout partner. So yeah. a lot of times with the guys, it's like, okay, uh, you're, you're, I'll help you out. Like I'll coach for, for example, like Jerry, the kid we were talking about earlier, he's now a roller. He's a real good high school standout kid. One state a whole bunch. You know, when he comes in, I get a squat done. We'll have me and two of the, my buddies there. They're depending on what day it is. And we'll get a squat done. It's 10 sets of three or whatever the plan is. And then we'll get him done. And then I'll go. Yeah. And then he'll be like, maybe start warming up on his deadlift, but he's spotting me. So the trade off is the spotting bill more than anything. Mm-hmm. And like in your spot, it's basically you just need to find like two or three guys. I'm sure you may already have this and have those guys on, even if they're not the strongest guys or even if they're even in powerlifting, just to spot you. Mm-hmm. And then go off a video and then critique yourself that way. I do that a lot with myself. That's why oh, I yeah. video so much. And that's basically what I've been having to do for the last few years. Yeah. And I basically, I mean, I've, of course, I've got uh, had a coach and all that kind of stuff, so I get video feedback. And okay. but I, I've never really had like that in person, legit, elite level training partners. Yeah. And that's something that I'm gonna start trying to make more of a priority to travel and train with higher level elite lifters than I than I am. You know, even if it's like once a month or something like that. Just yeah, I mean the thing. Yeah, I've told people too, like when they like say like the kids or anybody that or somebody the hill or even yourself, you know, you figure out like okay, you got to you, you got your sixteen week training or however you want to do, you know, you figure out you meet in December or something like that, and you're trying to figure out like okay, well, I know my like you, like you know, like your coach, I'm sure your coach will probably tell you this. And if you had to get with them, you would want to get with them your fifth, fifth week out, and then you want to get it with like the third week out because mm-hmm. the fifth week out would be like your heaviest workout, your crazy workout. If you're going to miss anything, like a squat, like that's my fifth, sixth, and fifth, sixth and fifth week, or whenever I put like 12, 1300 pounds or something, I'm going to do something stupid. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it then to give a reality check. And then that third week is like, okay, I got to make sure all my, my timing and my wraps and everything, whatever my opener is going to be, I need to be able to be able to hit it then. So that one, those times you wouldn't want to try to get with someone, some people that want to know it's like in person. Yeah. And the rest of the time you train on your own, try to do the best you can. And then you kind of minimize that way versus like your travel with four hours and stuff. But try to pick out when I like, when do I need to be here? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like think like me, I've already figured out, like I said, the fifth week and third week for me, or if I have an issue with a bench shirt or I mean I've traveled hell shit six hours before to get a handoff before. Oh man. You know, for a bench press. Yeah. Yeah. So go down no, no, it wasn't six hours, like five. I had to go down and wake up. So Of course that's another hand, the, um factor that comes into gear lifting. There's such a team type sport when it comes to gear lifting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With with, with the team aspect now, tr- now it's because of safety. Yeah, I uh, understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Raw, you can get a guy hand off to you, and you're like, okay, cool. You can go, go, go bench in a power rack, or I, I always think bench press, squat. You know, squat, squat. You can get, I can get always two guys that walk me in because I'm not going to put them in danger. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, like when I do my single plus stuff when I'm walking out, I won't put them in danger. But I mean, I'll go up to like 800 pounds with safety chains, or or I won't try to go nuts with it if I only have two guys. If I can get two normal guys that here in Sherman, you know, just two normal, you know, gym guys, just normal people, and then they can spot that. But then when I do the multiply stuff, it's a little different because I'm using another 400 pounds more mm-hmm. or a band tension or a mono or something. I got to run a monolith, two side spotters. When I bench, I have to have four people. I mean, it's a pain in the butt. Yes. I mean, I'm like, everybody talks about workout partners. I'm like, I'm calling out a week out asking people, like I have two guys, three guys that I normally train with, but they got jobs and families like anybody else. I'm like, Wednesday at six. And it went like this training cycle, like, uh, oh, example, this Wednesday, 
I'm sitting here. Uh, last couple of weeks, I've had uh, two couple of kids, tra- or 19-year-old kids handing off on the side. And then I had a, a one guy, a guy named Greg Nimitz, who's a trainer at Hidden, doing the middle. And then my normal guys, Chuck and Peter, and, or Chuck McConnell, who's a, a, pro, or a real good master's lifter, probably seen in the videos and stuff. They got the one with the muscles, let's put it that way. Yes, sir. <laughs> he's one handing off. He's a real good middle guy. He's a big old knuckle dragger. Peter on the side is an 800-pound deadlifter. And they got Eric, who's a top squatter. He, uh, he, you probably saw Eric Simafero. He's, he's one that's going to be the WPO with me. He's been on a couple podcasts with, uh, with Hidden Jim recently that unleashed one. Okay. I saw that, Eric. But Eric, will be, he'll be at the show strength. He won't be lifting, but he'll be hanging out. Well, actually, all those guys will. But uh, those guys are pretty honest. Like, they know what's going They don't the, – when I put a shirt on, you know, three-ply shirt or whatever shirt I'm wearing, they're used to me – the familiarity thing helps. They know if, I, if it's going to go this way, grab it. If not, the tempo and everything that I go. So if you get, like, you can't put a shirt on and just show up to a gym. Well, you know, well, you've seen this, I'm sure. Somebody put a bench press shirt on, like, yeah, I'm going to bench. Okay, we have no idea what it's going to go. Yeah, and then good luck. Have a yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have a barbell in your mouth. And yeah. I mean, I, I admire, I, I've done the thing to try to bench your shirt by myself before, which I've been able to do, but you can't wear anything tight. You just have, you're basically wearing a ram. I found out just wear a ram and get your conditioning in. Mm-hmm. You don't have anybody to work out with. If you're, if you're a geared lifter, raw lifter, you just, you just go bench press and then just get somebody to yeah. grab the thing. So, but that, that, that's the thing that I've over, like, and I'm bad about that because, I mean, here's, uh, I love saying this to people. Well, if I, if I get a kick at you, you'd be surprised on this. My, I, okay, when I was heavier, I always go back to my heavier days, and I'm actually getting back to that strength at 260, 275. Uh-huh. My biggest benches were like in the low 800s at 308. And so I've, I've hit 800 pounds at three different body weights at supers, 308, and 275. Holy um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I've done that over the last 12 years. So I used to, when I was 300, I would bench in like eight. I hit 900 and my foot slipped. But so that's the only time we've ever gone for that. That was at a waffle meet. Um, but um, but you like eight thirty two, eight oh five, seven ninety nine are usually my highest benches. But so, but when I was super, it was you know you had to have three. I mean, it sucked because you had benching so much for so long. You always had to have those guys. So whenever you're sitting there trying to get handoff, I was going to repeat myself. But it's just so tricky with versus the raw versus the gear on that because of the getting, you had to have those guys. If you don't have those guys, you can't bench. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a handoff guy, you just forget about benching a shirt or try to be a top level lifter. Like example, all, like you see Blaine Sumner's benching a thousand pounds and training by himself. It's good for him. Yeah. He's one of the few people that can do that. I don't see how you but can also do he's it. A large, he's also a larger guy. See, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm only like five, seven. So I'm like five, seven, two, sixty. Now, like example, I took 800 pounds for half boards yesterday. You know, I did real good, but I had to have a three-man handoff. I'm, yeah. just, oh, I'm sorry. The point I was getting with the Titan joke, I'm sorry, with the shirt. My raw bench, I got, I'll get off. I, I went roundabout for what I was talking about. Sorry. It's so okay. what I was getting at was my raw bench, when I was benching the eight mid-low eights, I'd done it when I could rep out 400 raw, mm-hmm. you know, just popping reps, three to five reps out. And then one time I hit 832 that way in a single plush shirt, the Wobdoll or USPA or something like that. I've done it both. And then the other time I did it was I hit an eight, 805. At 308 and super, and I couldn't bench 350 to save my life. Huh. So I'm getting 400 pounds, 500 pounds out of a shirt, a single five shirt, doing it two different ways. And whenever I had a big raw bench, and I had it on video too, so it's not like I'm making it up. It's on YouTube. I always have to have it on video so you believe it. Oh, yeah. And then the other time I couldn't bench 350 to lock it. I mean, I could bench it, but it'd be sloppy. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be good. Like, you know, I may have to work about three weeks to get a pause right. And now, now here's a better example. I'm like 260. Now I can. Now I'll rep out maybe 315 for a couple of reps, and that's on a good day. 
But now I'm benching in a single flyer. I just initially uh, benched 805 at 275 in an SPF meet that we did here in Sherman about, I don't know, about uh, three months ago, I think it was. Yeah. So I bet eventually it's not the best one, but it was a good 805. That's the meet. That, uh, David Shirley was the one over that one, right? Yeah, David. David yeah. down here does the meet yep. for us. We we put on there. I'll, I'll find the location. And David's a good man. Oh yeah, David's such great. a good I mean, guy. He, if you never give him to wrap your knees unless you want to bleed out. <laughs> he will laugh the crap out. He did it. We went. He came up to Lawton, Oklahoma, and remember he's the SPF vice president. Yep. And he still does the Zika stuff. He takes it, you know, has a booth, but he'll go to Robert Adams meets over in Oklahoma and yep. Arkansas. And uh, we went to a meet in Lawton. I picked it because my sponsor at the time, well, still is my sponsor. I'm one of my underground sports nutrition okay. sports shop here in Denison, and he wanted to watch one of his raw buddies lift. And I was like, Hey, I'll go up there and lift. I just picked the meet. Yeah, sure, I'll fun. Let's go. So I go up there, had like a 920 squat, a good squat, and I went to bench. I ended up bombing out the bench. But David wrapped me because, you know, Mike was up there. He's not a power lifter per se. He knows how to lift, but he's not going to wrap me. Yeah. So David says, I'll wrap you. So I'm like, okay. So I actually <laughs> told him, I was like, you got to stop cranking him. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good about getting the wrap on, but I'm like, dude, I got 920 on me. I paused because I stuck in the hole because I'm like, it was so tight on the wrap. Uh-huh. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He said, well, I got the wrap on you. I was like, we don't need to do that again. So, because, I mean, you can see in the videos, the first two, it was a loose wrap, and that third one, he laid it on me. And I stopped for a second because I didn't know where to push. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's real proud of that, too. He always puts videos up of his wraps, getting wrapped with the crap out of people. Yeah. So, but, yeah, David, yeah, he's uh, he's always fun to be around, good guy, always always helps lifters. The first Um, meet. He's doing great with the SPF, what he's doing. Yes, what he's doing is a fantastic deal. Like, I – yeah. can't speak enough about him. He's been nothing but fantastic. The very first meet that I ever did with him was actually at where the Hidden Gym location is now, where it used to be called The Pit. And it was the Long Star Classic was the name of that meet. And Wait a minute. You were talking, okay, you did, okay, what it was the Dan. Yeah, I was at that meet for a minute. Okay. You had, there was, we had 12 lifters in February. Yes, and then Matt Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was whenever uh, Ben owned it. It was for, for, for Greg Ball. Yes. Yeah, I went to that, I lifted at that meet. I was single ply. I was like the sorry, I just now that was a bad meat for me. So what ended up <laughs> happening was I, I went to the I, I got David. David was trying to get Je, David uh, uh, Jesse Rogers was trying to get meats in STF down in Texas. We used to do them all the time with bad attitude. Uh, they just kind of got out of the beat thing because they're just pain in the butt. Because then we put them on, yeah. And we just had huge turnout. And so he wanted to come back down. We we got hooked up with Ben and uh, the Ben at the time before it was Greg McCoy's place. And we we had a the, the turn they didn't do real good advertising the meet David that was his first meet down there we had 12 15 lifters mm-hmm. I think what's his name proposed to his wife yeah Matt Mitchell proposed to his wife yeah yeah Matt, he proposed to his, he bombed out I want to point yeah. that out just being funny he's picking on him <laughs> and then he of course I, I mean I pulled and then my deal was my, I kept on telling David not to pick that weekend because the high school that I helped out with community high school was about 45 minutes away had their home powerlifting meet. Oh. So I was more worried about my kids lifting than me lifting. Mm-hmm. And I lifted in the meet because I'm, you know, I really didn't plan for that. I think I was planning for a different meet that year, but I was just jumping in the meet to lift because David came down just yeah. to support, you know, support the SBF and everything. And I got one squat in, two squats in, and then I just said, no, I'm out of here. So I ended up leaving before the squat was done. I, I didn't even know he put the results if I lifted. Yeah. I basically gave him a hundred bucks and said, thanks for having me. And then I ran down across town. You go chew my kids out because they were maxing out when they weren't supposed to at the meet. <laughs> so, sorry, I just I remember it's that okay. meet with that whole thing. But um, yeah. between squats and bench, uh, uh, my buddy and I sat down with uh, uh, David, 
And we were sitting there talking because this is only the art. It was my second meet to ever powerlift in. Okay. And I was talking with him and, and I saw one geared lifter before that in my very first meet. And then there was more in this gym and at this, yeah. at this meet. And I asked him, I was like, what is, I mean, I know it's different, but is it the same thing? He goes, theoretically, yes, it's the same sport, but it's not. It's like comparing NASCAR to drag racing. You're, you're driving yeah, a car yeah. and one's like a, a fast machine in one me- in one little twitch, you reckon. He said, that's like you're geared lifting. He goes, it's a different sport than raw. He, he, in a way, he explained it to me, and it made sense. He said, it's just a different animal. Yeah, I mean, but you could, that's true. It's true to, to a high level. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good way to explain this, uh, to get, you know, a good way to explain it. But you always got to remember with the geared lifting, when you do that, that's someone putting on way too much tight stuff. Yeah. Like, see, like I said, like we were talking earlier, like I said, I've been doing this so long. I was at, like, and that's the weird thing about my career. Not weird, but interesting is that I really don't see anybody else doing. At least I try to look for it, and they don't last this long doing it. Like, you know, they always, like, you always, like, uh, the night, like, lifters in the 80s would all lift raw. You know, you see all the, now the ones everybody remembers are, like, the Fred Hatfields and the, the uh, you know, Kirk Kowalowski towards the end. I mean, he was more early in the 90s. But, I mean, Ed Cones in the 80s and stuff like that. You see all these, mm-hmm. but you, and then there's the normal guys. Normal guys would just lift heavy all the time. They never had the gear to, to recuperate. Then in the 90s, you know, you start having the, you know, your, your blast gear, your Enzer stuff came out real big. Uh, you know, Titan started coming out with stuff, you know, so they started having less. So like a, like a blast shirt back then, I'd get only about a 40-pound carryover in high school and college. And then, of course, Katanas and everything else with the extreme, that part. So when people, the, when they people give the, the answer about the drag racing thing, or uh, like one thing can screw up, well, they've seen a guy that threw a shirt on who didn't know how to bench in it. Yeah. A lot of guys would throw a shirt on and think like, oh, I'm going to go big because of the ego. Yeah. Like me, I've learned that a lot. Like, like I said, all those meets I've done, you know, you go in there, try it out, you miss, try it out, you miss. And then you see that one guy with the train wreck, and that's the impression that people get. That's how, like, people will scare people out of gear. They'll say, oh, you know, that guy, he can kill himself quick. They'll say, well, you can do the same thing, blow a peck out, try to bench pop him. Oh, yeah, you can definitely do you it. You know, there's always, yeah. a, there's always a danger to anything. I mean, there's, there's always a danger with the stuff. It's just oh, been sure. on how you approach it. So, I mean, I, I have no problem putting a squat suit on a kid after he didn't even know how to squat. Yeah. Now, yes, I like to do, like, you know, teach him how to, like, walk out and stuff. But, I mean, if the high school kid is like, hey, you have states in March, and it's November now, if you want to go win state, we got to get a suit on you. Yep. We got to get you familiar with it. So that's how you do just kind of baby step up. Like I say, like yourself, if I had you in gear, we put a loose suit on you. You train, like, you do your raw stuff like you do now. You throw your suit on at the end of the workout for three sets, and then that's it. And then you gradually get into it and tighten it up as you go. See, I've always said that um, I still have some ambitions and some goals that I want to hit, you know, raw. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I get to a point to where either I reach those goals or I get to a point to where I don't think I'm going to progress anymore raw, I may jump into single ply. Okay. And that's just something I've been, you know, it's now it's down the road because I want to see how large of a total I can get around 220 um, raw. I, I just well, I mean, like you said, you just hit elite raw. You're doing good. Yeah. I mean, you just keep going raw. I'm, I'm enjoying it. This is, you know, of course, I've only been doing powerlifting for going on six years now. And yeah. I mean, I'm like, this is like the first prep that I've had to actually deal with like a significant injury. And it's been a learning process and it's, it's a battle 
to an extent, it's like, what the crap, you know, this is, you know, discouraging because you, I'm not used to having to overcome adversities like this in a prep. So it's a new experience for me. Um, I would like to just m- at least match my elite performance injured. I'd be happy. Okay. I got you. So, yeah, I mean, if I can continue growing my total raw, I want to continue doing that. But then one day I might decide to start jumping into single ply. Yeah, what will happen? Somebody will give you a bench shirt and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what, I mean, that's how it usually works. Somebody, like, I, I got a friend right now. It's a, she puts on the SPF push pull that we're doing. Uh, she's one of the national chairmen down here, or not chairmen, uh, uh, judges that we use for the SPF meets. Yeah. Uh, Tabitha Darnell, that's a manager over at Nautilus and Denison, she puts the, like I said, the push pull and helps our, the ones we do in Sherman and trains with me and stuff. So she has gear. She just, like, we gave her gear, like, hey, we found a shirt. Hey, we found a suit. She's like, well, I want to, she said, just like you, she's like, well, I'm doing good raw, man. I'm getting stronger. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, come on now. I said, and I start, my high school kids and college kids are all coming in. I was like, that kid couldn't bench 180 and she benched like 350 in a shirt. And I said, you're benching 185 for reps. What could you do? Yeah. You know, that kind of, you know, just teasing her, like, just throw it on, just have fun with it. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you, you pick a meat, you throw it on, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm good at it. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, it's just like when you did your first powerlifting meet, you did it, and you're like, hey, I like this. Yeah. You just do a geared meet one day, and it doesn't mean geared means you have to do like wear duct tape and an 18 layer suit and, yeah. you know, hit, have to smack yourself in the head to lift or something, nothing like that. You it's kind of like my buddy, my buddy Matt Mitchell, he, he's never, He's always been a raw lifter, and he decided he wanted to do a, a multiply meet one year uh, last year. Yeah, no, that's that meet. Yeah, yeah, and it was just, it was just you know him. He's a freaking nature, and it's like yeah, he's strong kid. He's like I'm just gonna throw a multiply suit on and see how much I can squat. And it's like okay, let's have some fun with it then. He goes, "Will you wrap my knees?" It's like yeah, I wrap your knees. And you know, it's the first time I had wrapped somebody's knees for a thousand pound squat, and it made me a little nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, he, did, he did a thousand, he did a thousand thirty at that. Yeah, yeah. I was at that. I was yeah. super like, and he squatted that deeper than he does raw. Oh, oh well, come on now, yeah, yeah, of course he did. <laughs> so I, I like the guy. I'm gonna pick on him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That oh, was yeah. lower than that than the nine forty. Nine forty was still good, but I mean, but the, the thousand thirty was better. Yeah, yeah, and so. of course, um, I, I, I mean, I've like, I've liked Matt because he was actually, of course, that meet that you, that's from I met Matt the first time at that meet that you was talking about. He bombed when he proposed to his wife. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. cool as crap. He did that. I mean, not yeah. the bombing thing, but I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but of course, you know, he's going thing. for all time world records, and he's got this, you know, his his personality is it's like I'm gonna go off or nothing. You know, uh, even if oh, I'm yeah. wrong, if he can be one pound away and he's not gonna cut to make two twenty. Mm. He's just he's just one of those guys. It's like you know what I'm coming here to do the absolute best to put on a show. I'm going for records and this is how it is. If I don't succeed, I don't succeed. If I do, I do. And you know, that's, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's great. I just wish I was at that level to have that kind of mindset. Yeah. I mean, but there, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages that mindset. Like, now just, just talk. I mean, like, I, I've ta- back and forth kind of just read stuff. On, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, we don't speak or anything. I mean, just social media stuff. Did he have like a, a pec injury and a quad injury? Yes, he tore his pec. Okay, but it's from lifting, right? Yes. Okay, so there's the mindset. I mean, injuries do happen. I'm just saying, like, mindset, I've had that mindset before. So it's kind of like, you kind of learn that after a while. I mean, you get injured, you learn from it, get better, get stronger, go from there, move on. But I'm just saying, like, that. it's good to have that mindset because you got to be fearful. You got to be kind of crazy to this crap. I mean, believe me, I'm a little, little, well, hell, I'm really off. 
doing this up this long. But I mean, you got to be a little nuts to do this stuff. But I mean, also you got to, at some point you start falling, I mean, you get injuries. So you have to back it off or figure a different approach. I mean, I know the kid's a smart kid, but I mean, just, you know, like that mentality gets you hurt sometimes. Yeah. Not that you can back, don't back down from anything, but kind of like, you got to like take a more of a lot of calculated number. Mm -hmm. You learn from errors. Oh yeah. And I think he said that this last meet, he did raw this last meet. And yeah, that's what it looked like. I was, I was going to go up to the Shirley's meet, but, I had that WPO and all yeah. that other crap going on. I just couldn't take the days off work. I wanted to go up there because the last year I did it, I ended up having a, uh, what was it? I, I lifted in the meat. I was pretty, I was pretty, concerned. I mean, it was a geared biggest total. I mean, biggest squat bench deadlift. Yeah. And hell, my opening squat beats Matt, my opening bench turn hell does. And then the deadlift depends. And I just had a, like, I had a meltdown with one of my lifters and I had to pull out of the meat. Yeah. Everybody's like, why are you pulling out of the meat? You're not hurt. I'm like, no, my kid's slipping out. I got to stop. Yeah. So she was, so she finished the meet and then all that kind of stuff. And we had a falling out of that. But I mean, that was the, but at that meet, seeing him lifting gear, he was good. He, was, he surprised me. So yeah. and that, it's hard to do that. So I mean, thousand thirty was good. I think he stood, but of course, I don't know if he got hurt lifting gear or if he was just doing raw. Or, no, he was, you know, just trying to, to be honest, he was doing something crazy with some extremely heavy dumbbell flies. And that's what popped his peg. Dumbbell, okay. Dumbbell flies. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. It's so, like doing heavy incline presses. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that I mean, I mean, the, the injuries happen. I mean, I yeah. can't say a whole lot. I've, I've toured, I've like got toward, I've done all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So just doing stupid stuff, you know, trying to push the limit. Like right now, hell, like I, I was getting ready to last squat workout, last bench workout. I had like my wrist tweaked a little bit, may have broke it, may have not. And then the other one, I like thought I slipped a disc when I was squatting 1200. Goodness. Yeah. So so when you're dealing with that kind of weight in your hands and then on your back and stuff, it's, you know, anything can happen. Oh yeah, yeah. You just have to like take a chocolate risk and hope you you just hope you got spotters. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, it's yeah. it's interesting, you know, watching folks. You know, uh, gear lifting to me is fascinating. Like I don't really have much of a desire for it, but it's fascinating. Yeah. I'm a fan of it. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> no, it's, no, that was the biggest draw. Whenever I would do those 1,200 pounds, those all those big ass squats, people would come to watch if I die at the meet. <laughs> it's so fascinating it's to a, see. No, the, when the XPC started doing that, Dan up there. That, of course, he, the, the WPL was real big with the Arnold for a long time, and then it went away. And then he brought the Dan brought the XPC back with the multiplot stuff. Everybody because they had USAPL there, so they already had powerlifting at the Arnold main stage. Uh, they had their own convention, their own hall, and everything. And then Dan brought it back and uh, did a great job. Still doing a great job with it. We just had a we had our WPL uh, combined with the uh, conjunction with the XPC this last March before the COVID thing hit. Not last March, the March before, and. Um, you know, but that was the thing. People wanted it. They had a, uh, they wanted to see a freak show. Mm-hmm. You know, I squatted 1200 at the XPC a couple times. I mean, I had the biggest crowd in the building. Yeah. Watching me squat to see if I was going to do it or die. It's and, what, and I almost died, but when I did 1300. So, insane. I mean, you know, that, you know, that, that's the, the extreme. They want to see the, it's that, you know, like what's going to happen next. Yes, sir. You know, single plum, the raw stuff, like the USAPL stuff. Yeah. They still have, you know, it's still great. I mean, but it doesn't have that, you know, like, oh, you know, the, the fear factor aspect yeah. of it. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It doesn't have, like, that you know, freak just, show, like, draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, whenever I, like, I started training, when I was training with Bad Attitude a long time ago, they'd go 40 deep with fans, like, parent, like uh, mom's dad, or not mom's dad, uh, wife's husband, kids. we go to a NASA meet, and it was the best thing back then, we go to NASA meet, who never saw, now NASA's a uh, great federation, just like all the all Except what they their deal they they you know normal not normal I mean you don't have, you have lifetime lifters but you don't have a lot of uh, 
fitness pros, let's say that. Yeah. Okay, that's a way to put it. Like someone trying to make a living off powerlifting. Um, so when we showed up, when I was lifting with NASA, they'd all come to my meet. The first time we went, they went 40 deep with three-headed dog shirts. It looked like a biker bar showed up. A gang showed up. You know, 40 deep of all these guys with black shirts, and everybody looks like they lift weights. Mm-hmm. No neck, tattooed up, and going to a powerlifting meet. They didn't know what to think. Now, the thing was, APF at the time, you'd go to multiply meets around that late 90s, early 2000s. That was the intimidating thing about multiply because everyone had that extreme aspect. When you go to a, a warm-up room, you might get beat up before you get to the platform. <laughs> it's a viol- That was the intimidation thing. That's what hurt multiply for a long time. You go to a meet, and if you're like, let's say, Susie from, like, say, Honey Grove, Texas, and you're going in there, oh, there's a powerless to meet. You go there, and everybody's still friendly because it's powerlifting, but it's intimidating as all get out. Mm-hmm. So that would hurt power li- or multiply for so long. But I mean, that's just sorry, sorry I just throw that little tidbit in there. I was thinking, yeah. thinking about the 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 mentality now that with that, so people like that. They've changed it a whole lot because you know people groups have gotten out of lifting and stuff like that. And still, even at the WPO the first time, it was intimidating in the warm up room because. People are way at a t- or the, the, the the stress is at a ten. Yeah, I mean the extreme. Everyone's just. I mean, it's not the lifters. Stuff. Oh yeah, I mean the 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 lifters are not the ones you got to worry about. It's the handlers. They're mm-hmm. all crazy. The coaches and the team around them to hype them up. They're 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 on adrenaline junkies in a in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, I bring guys with me. They're you know they're all they're all lifters and they're all just just rated five. Mm. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. not, not, I'm not saying all multiply meets like that, but to the extreme day of the past, that's what it was. Uh-huh. And they still have that. Like the WPO will have that some because of the, 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 what's on the line. Yes, sir. There's more money and uh, prestige on the line now. And it's like, hey, we have, we have to get this lift in versus just a normal meet. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went sideways with that. <laughs> Did you, uh, do, have you, you've competed against the West Side guys, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, with the WPO, well, of course, Dave Hoff's not with West Side anymore. He's with, uh, uh whatever he's at now, uh, where his new gym is, mm-hmm. but yeah, we used to do the pro ams and stuff up in the late, like uh, when like Donnie Thompson is three thousand. Uh, we never, I never went up to the IPA meets up. That's just it, just never worked on timing. But when we did all the Columbus, Ohio, like the power station pro ams and stuff like that, did that, yeah. So, so and, uh, and then whenever, yeah, so the that, way yeah, we went up to the way their documentary, like West Side versus the World and stuff like that. Yeah, is that how? Like, was that your perception when you saw them in person? Was that how it was? It was weird on that because see, I never trained at Westside. I never, I never been to the gym. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of those guys and see. So we, okay, here's the way to look at it. The, I, yeah, the the whole mentality thing. I see that. I can. I understand that completely. With what they all talking about. You need to be in the gym. You need to train. This is what you're doing. This is your. And, and I'm. I've, I've been around that with that attitude when they were in. The, when we had 40 D. Yeah. You know, like you have that's the commitment part. I mean, that that's the team part. Most. People deal with that team deal, except they're a little bit different because of the extreme part of it. You know, guys are li- like, I always heard the story, guys are living in the cars just to train the West Side. You know, you, I, thought, I don't know if that's the documentary, but they did. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they wanted to train at the best gym with the strongest guys. And I, I mean, hell, I was invited once or twice up there to lift whenever we do, whenever I was in my heyday, you know, like come to Ohio, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, well, no, I'm good here. I'm, I don't need to, I didn't feel like training jobs and doing all that thing. I should have took the invite when I did. But, you know, I don't know if I needed it or not. You know, that kind of thing. That's kind of tricky when you're already squatting 1,200. What could you do more of? Yeah. Now, with training, with like we're talking about training partners and stuff like that, yeah, you wouldn't beat it. I mean, you have, you know, everybody in the, everybody who knows anything about heavy lifting is in that room. 
So it just depends if you can work with the personalities. That's the tricky part. Yeah. It seems like they were like, so, I mean, from the documentary West Side versus the World, um, it seemed like they were all just crazy individuals. Well, I mean, it's the it's the all in all in. Yeah. That's it. Like their thing is like I'm gonna live or die. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna die on a platform or I'm gonna die on a platform or die trying. That that's that 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 whenever you know, yeah, everybody gets like that. I mean, if you ever play like a high school sport as a kid, like, oh, I'm going to put it all on the line tonight, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and then, like, the next day, you're just like, okay, I'm good. You know, that kind of thing. You know, for that moment, everybody has that, like, all-in deal, but they're all-in. I mean, like, they're all lifers. Yeah. You know, they're all lifting. That You know, like, somebody who talks about, like, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be in prison. Okay, now that, you know, I, I've dealt with, the thing about powerlifting is you deal with all different types of people. I've dealt with, I've trained with guys that are multi-millionaires that I did not know that. Yeah. You know, and then the next guy, the guy's, you know, been at, just got into pit prison for 10 years. Goodness. You know, for this or that, and we're all training in the same room. So you have a variety of people that will lift that, but everybody depends on if you get that person to that, you know, that's all in to, you know, because you, you got to think about it. It's like you start thinking like, you know, 1,200 pounds on your back, you know, you're going to die. Yeah. You know, if you start having that thought, you're not going to get to that point. Kind of like you're talking about Matt, you know, he's got to have that mentality to do his list. So, yeah. I, I, but all I those guys have to have that element or they're not going to make it in there. That's for sure. Um, Just so to – a little Go different ahead. direction is like you talked a lot about, you know, helping students and younger athletes. Um, earlier when we was talking, I was like, I wanted to ask you this on air is oh. what does it mean to you to actually give back to the sport as much as you have with, you know, helping other athletes? Well, the I, I got, like I said, when I, when I was a kid, um, we, we had high school power. I actually started my own high school powerlifting team. We didn't have one at our school. We had a different football coach came in he did a little bit and I, I, I actually got them to put the 150 bucks in for the Texas high school and stuff. So I, I never really had a coach. So I would go to all those meets and someone would always be there to not help, but there's always someone giving you, you know, like an older lifter, somebody there that like likes talking about lifting kind of like what I do, you know, just always help me out. Not like I depended on them, yeah. but like when I did all the NASA stuff, they was, you know, they had the family deal and the same thing with the USAPL stuff growing up. You know, there's, you go to enough Texas, I mean, kind of like now when you go to like the show of strength, the same lifters will be there again. They'll remember you kind of like, hey, man, you know, they're like, hey, you're up, you're two out, you're, you know, like, hey, man, this bar yeah, does this. Or, hey, this bar does. Yeah, 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 that kind of deal. Even like, even just talk, talking about the, that West Side thing, even those guys there still will give you a tidbit if they're trying to, you know, they know you're a lifter, you know, that kind of thing. Like, so, but someone always gave back to me, like, helped me out. So uh, I just learned that was powerlifting. I knew if I hit like, and then later on, you know, like with the kid stuff, like I said, I had a kid, you know, one kid that won state and another kid that won state. And next thing you know, I'm a pro girls coach. I was like, I don't know how that happened. But, um, but the thing is those kids, they, you help them, they help you. And then that, you can't just lift all the time. You can't be about me, me, me. I know I sound like that talking half the time, but I mean, you have to give back because they're going to, it's going to grow the sport. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know how many lifters that came up to me and said, Hey, you know, I watched your video. Just even me posting a video will, will inspire them like, hey, I know I, you know, I saw you do that or heard a story you had that inspired me to this. And even whenever me showing up to a high school and showing like, okay, guys, even when I used to do my stuff with Titan and we go to all the high schools in Texas, you know, it's like talking to them saying like, hey, you know, this is doable. You could be the best at something by doing this and this. And then, of course, they especially kids will use that. If they could put up with all the powerlifting crap, and get through high school and, you know, all that stuff, they're going to be successful whatever they do. Oh, that's definitely I've seen true. that on every kid. Yeah. I mean, they might not go to college, but they're successful in their job or their life or whatever. They understand what works. That, 
that might be the only positive thing of hard work with a goal like, you know, 16, you know, kids are training with me a year round for, to win a high school state meet, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that, that commitment deal, if they can put that into something else with their job, their family, you know, like that, they're going to be successful. So that's always a good feeling. Then they come back to lifting and they're doing the same thing. If I can like, you know, like, like I saw about Jerry or talking about Megan or talking about the Aaron Pomerantz or any of these kids, like, well, I'm talking about Aaron, even with my collegiate kids, it was real good. So they all give back to kids. They're doing the exact same I did. They're not trying to make money off it. They're just helping grow yeah. the sport because they help, you know, it helps. You can't, that's the only way this works. I mean, you can be like the, you, you see that I always get also compliments to this little side deal. You know, everybody says, the people that meet me generally said like, you know, like how it, me being a pro, which pro is kind of a funny term on all this whole hierarchy thing. We're all <laughs> not making money at it. Yeah. But, you know, a pro, I, I look at it because I do have sponsors and stuff like that. And I'll say I'm pro. So they refer to me as a pro lifter being a top lifter. And then they'll say, like, my attitude's totally different than when they beat this other guy that's kind of an ass. It's a little bit too too extreme. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting there because I'm talking to kids, talking to anybody about powerlifting. Now I'm a little bit annoying, but if they need help, I'll give them the point of view to help them out. And then now yes, and also, too, I'll also – but also if I'm lifting against somebody, I'll tell them something to screw them up in a heartbeat. I'll cheat. <laughs> that doesn't bug me at all. If we're up for the same thing, I'll give you some bad advice. If you want to believe it, sure. I was like, oh, yeah, that squat was great. That was real low. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. I mean, but, I no, Oh, yeah, you got to. I mean, as long as you're not kicking the person in the knee, you're all right. Yeah. You're not cheating too bad. I mean, every other but, sport, you know, people, there's tra- some kind of trash talk like that. Oh, yeah. No, well, the tra- trash talk's one thing. Telling them something, just like, just giving them a, a dull answer. If they're asking you a question, they're already lost. There's something yeah. already wrong. So, yeah, especially whatever I do, my needs. So, but, yeah, giving it back to kids and, and, and even adults, you know, just, just, it's just part of it. If you don't do it, you're not going to laugh. Think about it. If you have somebody that doesn't try to, and you don't have to like give a seminar or, or anything like that, but just sit in time to talk to another lifter, even just talking to you how you do it, like like say my handoff thing. Mm-hmm. Like I got to have a three-man handoff. Somebody else, like example, oh, here's please, an example, Nick Myatt. He's a guy that was real strong. He had like, a, I think it was the Lone Star, he, or maybe it, was the, maybe it was the show of strength. I think he won the show of strength. He had a, like a 540 bench. Real, actually, I think he was. I wasn't at that meeting today, COVID. But uh, he, he did real good raw. You know, I gave him a couple of advice about the gear stuff. He said, well, I want to hit 540 or something like that. And, you know, I, I, every time I see him, I try to give him some advice. And same thing with North Dallas strength as Jimmy trains that. You know, they may not want it, but I feel like I was like, dude, I got to tell you this. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, you need to do this different in the shirt. You need to do that with your handoff shirt. And, of course, they I, I assume, they change it, so I'm assuming they're, they're listening. So just giving advice back because you don't want to see somebody get hurt. Now, of course, some people will take advice. Some people won't. But, I mean, you know, you try to – I just – my kind of person. Yeah. So I mean, it's always, sorry. That's sorry. Rambling, that's rambling fine. on here. It's fine. But, uh, but uh, yeah, but you got to You got to get back to it. If you don't get back to it, or at least some degree, if it's judging, if it's helping out of meat, cleaning mm-hmm. up a meat, talking to a lifter, you know, answering an email, something, saying thank you to a spot, sponsor, yeah. or even, or even just you know, send a text to say to Anderson Powerlifting Top Support System. Hey, you know, thanks for the, the quick shipment back. Blah blah blah. Great. Yeah. That helps. You know, it makes everybody want to keep doing. This. That is so, something that, I've learned that, about well, powerlifting is that seems to be the, the sport of powerlifting seems to be one of the most generous um, atmospheres of like actual athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause if you do it by yourself, you can do it. And I, and I've done it to some degree you can't, you know, you can't, you can't like, you're not going to get burned out. Yeah. You can't, you know, I'm not saying because of an ego deal. I mean, it's, you, you can't do it by yourself. So, if you're, if you are, you can't do it with just thinking of you in mind. Now, a lot of people are about to, them, them, them. You're not going to last long. You're going to burn out your training partners. 
you're not going to help nobody. No one's yeah. going to want to help you. You have, I'm not saying you got to be a kiss ass. You just have to, you know, you have to be more friendly or humble in a sense when you do this lifting go if you want to do it for a long period of time. I agree with that. That's 100% right. Yeah. Even like those guys, like the West Side guys, uh, those guys are still, when they're not lifting, they're still, they're still people. They're spotting and loading you know, there. Yeah. They're most of the time, when they're done with West Side or they're not trying, they're, they're trying to coach, they're trying to lift, they're trying to, you know, they're doing powerlifting. That's what they know and they love. Yeah. So the same thing with every other, you know, anybody that so called pro level or top lifter, they, they do that. Mm-hmm. Now they may come off fun, but they they're they're helping out somewhere in their in their story. Mm-hmm. They're helping somebody out. So, so what are your goals for the WPO coming up? Not to well, not to die. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> that's all, yeah, still not. You'll still I'll put a lot of hashtags. Still not dead yet. That's uh, irritating people, but with health issues. Um, so right now, I mean, don't get me. I mean, it, it, and I'll say it. And this is I was talking to Bob Merck. He's he's one of the lifters. I'll pick on him all the time. He's, he's the nicest guy in the sport. Um, I hope he's lit when he listens to this, he'll laugh his butt off. I said, uh, I, I want to beat Dave Hall. You want to beat Now, that's yeah. the thing that everybody says, but that's like the like you can't do that because the dude has to bomb. And I've said on other podcasts before and stuff like that. Dave, you know, it's, he, dude, he's, great. he's awesome. I mean, this is the sport for him. He's the guy. He's the, he's the one to beat. But they have the pound for pound deal. Everybody has in the back, you know, everybody talks about how you can win or this happens, if that happens, scenarios. I got a white wall in my room on the top. I wish I could. No, I'll, I'll say that. I won't put that up. I have a white wall with a marker board on how to how to beat every lifter. That's how I'm the guy with a calculator and a clipboard at a WPO. So remember those high school meets? Yeah. No, no, I'm serious. With this. I'm that guy because I've done high school meets. Because you got to do, I got to calculate yeah. 15 lifters and figure out what we need to bump and everything else. Yeah. I take that same approach to the, that's how I'm in the top five every time. Now, I bombed last time. Had some health issues. Just, I had a crap meet. Like, nobody's fault. It just didn't. It didn't happen that day. I weighed ten pounds lighter. Blah blah blah. It just. It, it wasn't the right WPO for me. For all the other ones, like my first one, I went to. It was the one in Orlando. I wasn't even invited. I'm the only guy at the time that had a 1,200 pound squat with the APF for the last ever, except for I think uh, Andy Bolton did a WPO like a 1213 or something like that 15 years prior. I'm the only guy that's ever had 1,200. I wasn't even on the damn list in the first WPO comeback. I had to call Wayne Pullman and say, hey, what the hell? Yeah. He had to put me on the list. So I was not even thought to get in the top anything. I got third. Man. What it was, I used a calculator the whole time. I, yeah. I beat one guy by, you know, pulling five pounds more, and he went for 100 pounds. He didn't pay, He didn't use a calculator. Mm-hmm. So I got third at that one. The next year, same thing. Now I had some weight issues and other health issues. So I wasn't as strong as I would. had a good squat, had a good bench. I ended up getting fourth. I should have got second, but everybody says that if I got one squat. And, the, and then the one at the Arnold, I had a bad squat, but I had a real good bench and a deadlift. I got top five when I wasn't – none of these meets, I was picked to get 10th. Yeah. Well, I wasn't – and now everybody's like – Have a I mean, strategy. Yeah, you know, yeah. See, everybody's like, well, you got fourth or fifth. I said, when people tell me that, it's like, well, you didn't get top two. You didn't win. You didn't beat Dave Hoffman. I'm like, okay, you get fifth and fourth at those meets. Yeah. It's pound for pound. That's the part that cracks me yeah. up. People will talk crap, and I'm like, dude, I'm proud of getting fifth at that meet. Well, you're getting fifth and at that's a saying meet. a lot. I've been to a lot of meets. Yeah. I mean, I've been to. I mean, I've been to. Like I said, Russia. I mean, junior uh, world teams and different every federation, all this kind of stuff. For me to say I got fourth, at, I remember when I got a third. No, no, when I got fifth at the Arnold, I was cracking up like tearing up because I got fifth. Yeah. And I, there's no money in that at fifth, you know. So it's like I, I got, but I got top five, and I beat two people. And it, we, it worked out on the points, so I mean, not the points, the way we did our attempts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're wearing out a calculator and a clipboard. It was funny. 
and people are looking at me. I remember a couple of the, uh, some of the lifters' wives were running numbers. At least I don't think they were running numbers. They're seeing they weren't even paying attention to me. I moved up four spots. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just creeping behind them because I wasn't going to get eight. I was going to get top five. So do that long WPO story. But uh, but no, the plan the, the right now the next two weeks we're doing. You'll see them on the videos with YouTube and uh, the Facebook and Instagram, all the social media crap. Um, I'll know my attempts. I know I'm going to be. I want to squat post in the twelve or like lead high in the eleven twelve. I mean everybody knows that. Yeah. In the bench, well, on the bench, like in the, in the mid eights mid eights nines and then hopefully pull the mid sevens that's what i can hope for if i can you know uh, and i know bob chris and a lot of the guys that weigh 275 242 are all in the same i think uh, uh price bruce is the same thing that's another guy that's gonna be lifting into this year i think he's a good 308 um all those guys have to we all have to to beat dave hoff let's do the consensus instead of just saying me dave has to like go three for nine only hit like a 29 something <laughs> that's funny 29 <laughs> A twenty nine something, total. and we all have. Yeah, yeah he's got to have like his openers. That's it. Yeah, it is openers, which not he's going to hit more than that. He does every time, and so he's going to hit twenty. He's got to stay at the twenty nine or even three thousand. If you're two sixty four or less, you got to hit like the high twenty eight. Goodness to beat him. And everybody said it's all doable. I mean, all the guys in the top five. I think Daniel. Daniel's an eighty two forty two. I think he's got to hit like a twenty six at. 242, something like that. 20, no, no, not more than 20. Take that back. 27 won't do it. 27, if you're a 242, won't do it. You got to be like, you got to be a high 27 at a 242 to beat him at 3,000. Goodness. So that tells you that tells you right there. So if he hits a 3,000, you got a 242 has got to go over like close to 28. A, well, basically a 308 or a 275 has got to go 28, 50, 2900. You got to be within 100 pounds of them. That's insane. So hopefully Dave comes in at 320 fat, only does 290, or I'm sorry, 2900, and then I hit like all my lists. That's how I hope to beat him. Mm-hmm. And if not, I'll just try to do best I can and try, try to break all time records in the 275. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got an A, B, and C plan. Well, man, it's so, the, but I mean, isn't, that, the thing. I, isn't that considered, okay. uh, isn't that the biggest geared meet of the year? Yeah, for most, yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, you have, um, yeah, it's, it's for the last three years now. It used to be, it used to be the Power Station Pro Ams like ten years ago. Yeah, I've been eight years ago or like that. And, that, and then Hop lifted those. Hoff, Donnie Thompson, uh, Carol, uh, 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 Sean Frankel, all those guys. Those, those are some crazy meets. We have an, a pro and amateur day. I miss those meets because we have a pro. We have the amateur day. We have a pro day with everybody lifting all of us. And then the amateur day, all my team would lift. So I have yeah. two days. You have a day to focus on yourself and a day to focus on your athletes. Oh, oh yeah. The, the, the WPO, we won't have an amateur day. They used to do it with a conjunction with the WPC, yeah. but that the WPC, where was that? That's not in the U.S. this year. This year is in Portugal, okay. so it's not in the U.S. this year. So it's just this, the meet is a two-day meet, women one day and men. Um, but, uh, yeah, this would be the best, biggest multiply meet. And then when they throw the coefficient thing in, Everybody has a possibility to it's, it changes everything. Yeah, it makes so it's not. Yeah, it'd be cool to have a playing it, ground. Yeah, like right now in the heavyweights, it would be cool to have a nationals because okay, super heavyweight. Let's just say Dave's. A, let's just make say Dave's fat, and he's a super heavyweight. Let's just put him in there. So that that knocks that out. So nobody wants to lift against Dave. He's a super heavyweight. So you got the three hundred eight. You got like uh, you got Bruce at three hundred eight. He hasn't lifted at WPO, but he's been doing real good. He's like a twenty eight hundred pound total guy. They're lifting that, and then you have Bob at 275, me at 275. Then you have Brian Hill's a real good squatter. He's a 242, 275. 
he's right around that 2600 range. And then you have uh, uh, Chris Delafay. He's a 242-275 back and forth. He's a top lifter on both those. He's got an all-time – the guys that all the top five – all now I, I put myself in that category, but I don't have a top – a top um, in the multiply. I think I'm like 10th. And single ply in 275, I'm number two. And then number like top 10 in all-time multiply in single ply. I'm real good in single ply. But multiply, I just haven't had that at this body weight. Now, super heavyweights is like in the 2600s mm-hmm. whenever I was bigger. So, so I mean, if we just had a nationals with the body weight, the heavy, it would be fun meat because you'd have the top three lifters in each category at nationals. Now, of course, we're all doing pound for pound, so it's a little bit more wide scale on that because I mean, after that, it kind of dies off the two twenties and one ninety eight, um, but uh, not dies off. But you have like one guy, but everybody has a chance to win it because it's pound for pound. Plus, as a fan wise, you're like, okay, well, you know, Dave Hall's going to win it. Okay, well, yeah, but if he misses three lifts and heavy. And everybody, and somebody comes out of nowhere, gets all their lifts in at a light body weight, then it's so it's stuff really can happen. Anything can yeah, happen. Yeah, so there, there's always that chance. That's the good thing about. I'm glad they did it that way. If not, I guarantee nobody would watch it. They'd have one year and to be dead. Yeah. Because I mean, used to they did the WPO by uh, the belts. Of course, would be coefficient, but they pretty much did weight classes. Oh, so because it was so popular with you know 15 years ago, that's yeah. the way they would do it. They'd have the belt winners, but you'd still you'd like. Uh, you'd, you basically win by division. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, weight class, excuse me. So, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the answer question, WPO is the biggest multiply me right now. Yeah, I, and I would say all the, you know, you have a couple of these big lists, you're like, like, you know, you have the big kid, like we're talking about earlier, squad of 1300. You know, like guys like that need to somehow get in the bracket and get into theirs so they can, if you're a multiply lifter, you need to lift in the WPO because all of them are lifting. Everybody's like, well, the money, this and that. I'm like, no, bullshit. You need to lift. If you're saying you're the best, you need to go lift with all the other guys. Yeah. It's that deal. Because if there's not enough meats, you can go get your, you know, go to your, you know, your backyard meat. I got crap for years for saying I went to backyard meats, and I said, no, I went to every damn big meat you were at. So I don't know what you're talking about. So you need to go where the best lifters are, even if you do bad, just to see where, like, the judging and everything, just because that's the thing you're supposed to do for the sport. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that like all the raw guys, all the big raw guys all go to the, you know, all go to the big raw meets because of the money or whatever reason. Yeah. And they all go to the you same know, they, one. Yeah. They all go to the same one so they can all figure it out. I mean, it's not like you don't see a lot of good raw guys going to a little beat. Or at least they do it one time to get a taste of it and then they'll go back and train for a year or yep. come back a year or two later or a different route or, or they realize like, nope, this is not for me. I, I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. Yep. You know? So, but yeah, the WPO, they're, they're doing a real good job with everything. Um, I was real excited when he got on ESPN three that one time. That was a big, big check box on the box for me. There. That is but, awesome. So, but, uh, but yeah, this, this time something on Facebook live, they save a lot more money doing it that way. If I understand. I agree that So the COVID thing didn't help. So I've got one more question for you. We're oh. getting close to an hour here and it's probably okay. the most important question that I ask all my guests. Um, if you had one food to eat for the rest of your life and you were stranded on an Island and you could only have one food, what would it be? Hmm. Food, <laughs> not not item, but food. Like food. A, well, of course, I go seafood. Seafood. I actually go. Okay, I'm just going to just spit some random stuff. This is going to be funny. There's a place called Captain D Seafood. I don't know if you have any around you. No, sir. Uh, it's kind of like a Long John Silver's, but like a Red Lobster, but a fast food place. Okay. Yeah, so I, I would go with like their fish and chicken on that, like the little fish and chicken and cheese sticks. Okay. Now, of course, that's a little bit more, but I'd go. Yeah, I'd live off chicken. You know, I could deal with that. All right. That last meal, if that was last meal, that would that be it. Okay. I'll put a whole bunch of vinegar on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, where if people want to, if they don't already follow you, I'm sure everybody already knows who you are, but for the off chance that somebody doesn't and they want to contact you or anything like that, where can they find you? Okay, you can find, uh, if you want to watch all, like, all these videos, I'm going to keep on referring to 1,213 pound squats, all the fat guy days. I have a ton of videos with all the kids and stuff on my YouTube. It's H. Thomas, I'm sorry, Henry Thomas, I think, no, I'm sorry, H. Thomason on YouTube.com for the YouTube channel. And then, of course, Facebook, Henry Thomason. Uh, I think that's a private deal. So you have to hit with the friend request, but there's still a lot of stuff that's public on there. Uh, Instagram is the same thing. Henry, I think Henry dot Thomason mm-hmm. uh, is another one on that. Uh, those are basically the Instagram, Facebook, and the YouTube wheel. Okay. So, but that'd be the best way to get a hold of me. Yes, sir. Do you have any like sponsors you want to give a shout out to or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I already do that because I'm not to get they'll start calling me whenever you post or <laughs> stuff. Uh, Time Support Systems. Those guys have been great. I've been with them for like 12 years. Best year, best year. Single ply, multi ply. Uh, WPO, they got me fall part set up for that. Uh, I mean, got my biggest list out of it. Uh, always done a great job with me. Um, they didn't return my calls, but that's just because I've been bugging the crap out of them lately. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, oh yeah, just it's just a gear thing because you always, it's like a, a girl always wants more shoes. Um, sorry, that's bad. I'm gonna be crap for that one. So, but uh, Underground Sports Nutrition, that's over in Denison, Texas, Mike Brown. Uh, that guy's been working with those guys for like four years now. They've been great. They've helped all my kids out with sponsorship for me. Uh, great for the community. Uh, started gotten powerlifting back in North Texas a whole lot more awesome. uh, around the Sherman Denison, Oklahoma area. Um, uh, them uh, uh, hidden gem with Greg McCoy. Yeah, uh, up with my crap. So that's always good. You know, I've known Greg for a long time now. Always promoting weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Always growing the sport. Um, uh, I remember his first feed he went to. He tore a bicep to deadlift. Um, and he came back and his gym was a wreck. I had to clean it up. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, those, those two are my hidden, and then of course the Nautilus here in Sherman. Uh, they've, been, they've done a great job helping me out with uh, putting up with putting up with my crap. Let's put it that way. Yes, so, sir. so those those guys, and of course I've had several other sponsors, listing partners: Eric, uh, Chuck, Peter, uh, Jerry, Tabitha, Mike. Uh, you know, like I said, I was thinking uh, bad attitude Jim Locke for the, the training them so long over the years. Always been in the gym helping me out. Uh, Sean Dunnigan, always a big big uh, big factor. Um, yeah, so then of course family and stuff like that. So I mean, I, they're all. If I don't have all that, nothing, nothing to this works. That's great. So I agree. 100%. Real humble with all those guys, and then all the federation stuff. Like we're talking about David Shirley coming down here. I got Liz and Randy coming down to the APF meet. Uh, you know, I, I get text messages and messages from judges and from different organizations saying how good we're doing with this or doing that. Always like we're talking about, like keeping everything. They're thanking everybody, trying to support, trying to help out yes, as much as you can. That's and uh, I've been real fortunate with my lifting career and then, you know, just all the friendships and everything I've made with this. That's awesome. So, but yeah, it's been great talking to you though. Yes, sir. We it's, got to BS more whenever the meet happens. Yes. Um, so I'll bring, I'll bring you a bench shirt. All right. Yeah. yeah we'll, I'll, I'll have something in a box. A box. I got tons of shirts. Oh man. I appreciate we'll it. Yeah. We'll try to get you and Stan efforting in the bench shirt. Oh shoot. that will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that big old joker. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that, yeah, he won't fit anything. No. So, but man, yeah, it'll it's, be fun. it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my wife and I are going to be heading down there Thursday morning, and I'm going to be cutting weight uh, Thursday to make 220 early yeah. Friday morning. I, yeah, I won't be there for the weigh-in. I think I'm supposed to be off on Friday. I don't think I, I well, Greg always gets everything set up, so I never have to do anything. Yeah. So he never asked me because I'm usually lifting him. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I should be down there on Friday for the weigh-in, kind of hanging out for a little bit, and then yep. to meet Saturday. Sweet. So. Unless, unless I got to work or something, never know then what's going to happen with that. Yes, sir. So, well, man, I'm looking okay. forward to it. It's been an honor, and I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it, Zach. All Thank right. you. See you.